All right, recording. Everything is working. Okay, cool. All right, welcome back to another episode of High Performance Health Podcast. My name is Dan Holguin, aka Rasta Runner. Um, sitting out here on a Friday morning with my good friend Justin De La Cruz, enjoying the morning sun. Just woke up, maybe I don't know, twenty, thirty minutes ago. How you feel? Feel pretty good, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, feeling yesterday? Yes. <laughs> yes. In the old ankles. Yes. Yes. And 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 actually, that's what I wanted to talk about most today was your experience yesterday. But you know, before we get into all that and and what the adventure of yesterday had, um, man, it's been cool just having you come out to Montana. Yeah, you know, I really appreciate it. Actually, here. the hospitality was next to none. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, coming out to Montana is a, a special thing, and I think that a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't get the chance to experience it for a number of reasons. Um, and I even kind of like noticed that with some of my close friends that that I grew up with that aren't from here. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm coming to Montana. I'm I'll, I'm going to come out. I promise I'm going to come out," and then they just never come. And it's interesting, and I always wonder, like, why that really is, but uh, I'm really excited that you actually, like, followed through and made it happen. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, excuse me, um, just, like, a moral code that I kind of set for myself about five years ago. Yeah. Um, whenever I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I try to follow through to the best of my ability. Yeah, you got to do it, Because, you know, there's always life that happens, and sometimes I think that people want to do something and then life happens yeah and maybe gets in the way uh could be poor planning or some people just don't have the ability to follow through yeah it happens yeah but it's important that at least you know you you do your best and anyhow i'm glad you came out man montana is a special place and i'm glad we got to share it with you yes so you're a fitness coach a power lifter um what else i know you got like a bunch of skills and things that you do (laughs) primarily but like outside of those two things what is it that you do um so outside of those two things uh my main job uh like we talked about is um title research for gas and oil yep and uh so essentially uh monday through friday i am in and out of courthouses in different counties uh, where i'm from um just solving puzzles basically so um i think i like it so much because i enjoy being given a task and then having to figure it out yeah and uh that's really all that it is that's cool uh repetitive like here's this run it back let's make sure it's all good we're good gotcha yeah but you're also a uh, run everything labs team member as well and you've been doing that for a few years, right? Yeah, yeah. So I started as a team member, um, just like everybody else, and um, worked my way up, uh, tried to get as close as possible, you know, with Rob and uh, Dana. I think it worked out pretty well. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I signed my contract uh, for a pro athlete uh, just over a year and a half ago. Gotcha. So, so, so with the athlete stuff that you do, I know you're a power lifter. I always see your videos. Um, what is it that like you're you're training for at the moment? Do you have anything coming up like a meet or anything, or are you just training for your own right now? So, <clears throat> I have my uh, 2022 national qualifier uh, September 11th in Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. Okay. So, that's what I'm currently training for, and um, projected I. Sh- you know, as long as I don't bomb out, yeah, which would not be cool. Um, <laughs> the numbers below what I hit now should qualify me. So, uh, what I've really been working for is just getting an elite total. And, what does that um, mean? Because I have no idea of the powerlifting <laughs> world. So each weight class has um, different numbers for their elite totals. Yep. Uh, which just means that you're hitting a specific squat bench and deadlift number as opposed to your body weight. Got it. Um, and then there's also like the different numbers on what you need to qualify for nationals at your body weight. Okay. So essentially, uh, for me, 
I need to keep it around a 400 pound squat, just under like a 300 pound bench and around like a 465, 475 deadlift okay. just to qualify. Um, so put in perspective as of right now, gym PRs, which they matter, but they don't. Um, I have a 335 bench, um, a 435 squat and a 500 pound deadlift. So we're already over those numbers. And um, so I kind of added to my goals and um, I signed up for the bench like competition as well uh, okay. for my weight class. So that's why you've kind of seen me work really hard at that. Um, so my goal is to hit a 350 bench at 165. And then that's that's and an the, elite level, elite total? Yeah, that would be like, that's pretty good. Okay at 165 um and okay, hopefully we'll win that that number and then um i want to squat uh around 450 and i'd love to pull around 525 got it so so let's say all that happens um at the the next qualifier that you go to what's the the next step from there become an animal yeah <laughs> <laughs> try to keep up with the big boys man. yeah um the next step would be to continue to hammer down so my consistency doesn't really change um i mean you've seen that i've been properly dieting for eight years yeah um, it just changes depending on what i'm doing so continue to really hammer down on um making sure that i'm feeling properly for my workouts and then for the day and then also recovery um because each day really matters but like for the next level in in competing, what does in that look competing. like? In competing, so the next level in competing would be, I I might do a couple little meets in between just to keep, you know, keep that fresh. Okay. But next would be nationals. Got it. So. Got it. Okay. Got it. And at the national level, um, that's like the highest I would t- imagine. That's the highest that they go. Yeah. So at that level, let's say that you you get your elite total, you uh, you set a record. Um, what kind of like I don't know like trophies prizes like what does that look like I, so, I know nothing about this world yeah so to be honest with you this would be a first for me so I've only done um, one uh, well two other powerlifting meets um, nothing like this before okay so this federation so um, you know you get your medals and uh, their sites your name will be there oh cool with okay. your numbers and um, to, so it's verified yeah and yeah, as far as like nationals, I tried not to um, make it so much about what I'm receiving as opposed to I try to keep it at a more personal level. Yeah. So just like a personal goal, like this is what I want to do. Gotcha. And uh, just uh, do it. Yeah, is there prize money for stuff like this? I don't know if it's so much as like the bodybuilding, like like the Olympia money. Right. Uh I know there is. Okay. There is money. I couldn't. I don't know what the total is. Yeah. Because each federation is different. Um, I have not honestly looked into that. Yeah, it's like running. <clears throat> Running's the same way. Even at the highest level, you know, like there's some money there, but I don't know. Maybe it covers gas and hotel. You know what I mean? It, it's <laughs> definitely like running is one of those sports too, and and maybe powerlifting's a little bit different. But if you do win any money, it's definitely not going to be anything it's significant. significant. No, right. like I it, don't. it probably wouldn't change much in your life. <laughs> no, no. I think it's more, um, just for, you know, personal gains. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's something about, uh, chasing a number. You yeah. know what I mean? And just, and just seeing your progression, you know, week to week, month to month, um, in your RPE levels and, you know, the weight that you maybe used to struggle for one, two reps. Now you're three to four reps. Yeah. And even on those three to four reps, you know, you're, you're locked in, your form's great, feel great and you're not injured yeah. afterwards. So I really love to see that progression and then the carryover yeah, into that's real cool. life situations. So that's way cool. Now, speaking of running, that's pretty much like the, the main reason that you came to Montana Yes, to do, to do a run. And I remember, um, when we had this initial conversation about running and in Montana anyways, 
I think you were talking about like wanting to do like like a five mile run or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had talked about doing like, like Avalanche Lake, which you know, if you don't know, Avalanche Lake is in Glacier Park, uh, and is like the easiest, most accessible hike ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's definitely one of the ones that is worth seeing once. However, uh, if you're going to fly across the country and only do one thing in Montana. I don't recommend it being Avalanche Lake. (laughs) (laughs) Avalanche Lake is red, but I don't recommend only going and doing that one hike. So when he told me that, I remember thinking like, okay, well, that's cool and all, but there's a a million acres here that we can go and run around on. And so I proposed a a bigger run, (laughs) a more classic one. A run that typically would take hikers three to four days to do, sometimes five. But I'm like, we should go run in Glacier Park up the High Line Trail, uh, and we should do Grinnell Glacier Overlook, and we should do Swift Current Fire Lookout, which are two really iconic areas in the park. <clears throat> and it totaled, like what, 17 miles? Just over. It was real close to 18. Yeah, almost 18 miles. What was your initial thought when I was like, we should we should just do 18 instead of five? What was that like? So, I re- <laughs> it's really weird. I remember the moment I read that. So, I'm sitting at the dinner table. <laughs> My wife's over on the couch. Greg's falling asleep. Yeah. And I'm reading that, and I'm just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Like, I've okay. Never, I've never, at that point, yeah. never ran over five miles. Yeah. Um, I've done five K's in my life, but that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's nothing. Definitely nothing now. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and, um, knowing I've never ran on that terrain. Yeah. Let yeah. alone that elevation. <laughs> yeah. A little, uh, little daunting. Yeah. I would imagine. I, uh, I don't know. I kind of sat back in my seat and I, um, you know, me being me, I turned and looked at my wife and I said, I said, so, Dan <laughs> wants to do a basically 18-mile run. And she looked at me, and she goes, you're a power lifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and that was my biggest thing, too, is power lifters historically don't run. No. They don't run. <laughs> no. They they may get, like, a, a, a quick 40-yard dash. Yeah, right, right. Normally. Right. I mean, it's changed drastically over like the last two years you, you've you're really seeing that power building yep. style coming in which is really cool because now you're seeing a lot healthier power lifters sure so so that. at that time were you running at all nope <laughs> you're doing zero running okay zero. and so like that was six weeks before you actually got here. Yep. So what did the training look like for you in those six weeks before getting to Montana? Well, <clears throat> so my first run wasn't even until the following week, which was only like two days. Yep. Uh, basically, uh, I had no running shoes. No, no. Uh, all my shoes are Converse yep. or slides. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, went to store, got a pair uh, tried on a bunch of different pairs of shoes. Ended up bought a pair, bought a pair of running shorts, and um, that day, um, even it was it was a hot one. We had a heat heat come through. It was ninety seven degrees with about eighty percent humidity. Yep. And uh, good day to run. My first run was two minutes on, two minutes off, five rounds, and um, I kind of kept it at that for the next two runs which were that week and then the first run of the next week, which would put us four weeks out. And then I upped it to three minutes on, two minutes off for a run. And then I did five minutes on, one minute off um, run. And eventually, that's when you said we're about three weeks out. And you were like, you need to get out there and go for an hour. Like, okay. Yeah. So I did uh, my first hour run three weeks out on a Wednesday, um, which ended up being just over 10 miles. Yeah. Um, I did six minutes on one minute off, um, tried to keep it around that nine minute, 10 minute mile pace. Uh, 
and then the next one was basically I kept them around five six miles and then my next big one was uh, 14 and that was one and a half weeks out from coming here got it so, so what I'm hearing you say is <clears throat> you did three different styles of running that you combined you did classic interval training mm-hmm. when you did say like the two on two off or the the two on one off or whatever you also did like just one hour of just running just go do it so in in like runner terms that's considered like a base pace you know as a as a runner or a power lifter you have like a, a base amount of time or reps that you do at a certain weight or a certain speed um and and the biggest reason that we would do a base pace in a running scenario is basically to just increase the time that you spend on your feet mm-hmm. to get your body to adjust to the you know the conditions your tendons your ligaments the base pace is like what you can go out and do every day all day if you wanted to um but the other thing i hear you say is you incorporated some long runs yeah long runs are important too because obviously when when it's game day, yep. you just having time and, and experienced two hours on feet, three hours on feet, four hours on feet, you know, obviously that makes it a little bit easier and you yes. have that experience and know what your body is going to be doing under that kind of pressure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's important if you're, if you're new to running that you're incorporating all of those different methods of training at, at some kind of intervals, you know, and you being six weeks out, you know, that was almost like a, a perfect amount of time because you already were in shape when you started. You know what I mean? Even though you weren't a runner, like y- you had the, the physical capacity that was already there. You had the quad strength, you had the hamstring strength, you had the core. So really like you had a lot of things going for you um, before even starting the run. So I think a lot of times like six to eight weeks is a really good place for somebody that wants to go and do something uh, that's seven, eight hours on your feet, whether it's a hike or a run, you know, if you're coming into it already with some kind of experience in the gym, man, you're so far ahead of the majority of people that are doing it. So I think it's a perfect amount of time. Yeah. I thought it was worked out well. So when you got to Montana, um, first thoughts of Montana, what was that like? (laughs) Well, when I got here, it was pitch black (laughs) yeah it was real dark um but i can say people were super nice way nicer (laughs) back home that was weird uh so i really didn't i mean the the first morning when i met you um and we went to went to flag and i finally got to see like the mountains and like actually got to see the scenery yeah it's daytime it was just breathtaking Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy so like people just say it's just trees but it's different they're not just trees yeah they're a life force yeah and it's an ecosystem and they all they all feed off of one another they all share energy off of one another yeah it's wild it's and then just being like you're sitting on your front porch and there's just yeah. Massive. Just crazy. Yeah, it's special here for sure. You know, Montana's a place that um when I first moved here, I I really disregarded um because I didn't understand it. And maybe that's why some people don't come to Montana in the first place, even after you like tell them, "No, man, you should really come out." Yeah. Maybe they just don't understand it. That makes sense. Um but yeah, Montana's a really special place. And I think that there's like a, a there's a there's a, a life force and energy here that um, is really unique. And I don't know what it is exactly. I can't put my finger on it. But sometimes I wonder if it's just the fact that like maybe it is one of like those last best places. You know what I mean? It's like it's still it's still wild here. Yes. There's still grizzly bears that walk through your front yard. There's still mountain lions that I catch on on the camera behind the house or maybe it's just the the 12,000 plus year history of native americans that have lived here that have 
died here that have you know created their life here and and so i think all of that just makes montana carry this heavy vibration i agree Those that's special man awesome here too. yeah man it's special and then glacier park so yesterday this was this was so fresh this just happened yesterday man <laughs> it's still really hard to i don't know have you got a chance to process it all? I don't think so. Yeah, no, it I don't takes think time. I've, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, again, I'm sitting upstairs. I woke up this morning and I pulled up my Instagram. I'm like, I really want to talk about this, but I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't put it into words yet. <clears throat> yeah. At least, without just discussing it. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe this conversation will help. I bet it will. Yeah. <laughs> so we started. I mean, we woke up at. 3, 3.15, somewhere in there. We met at 4 a.m. We got through Glacier Park at 4.30, 4.45. It's still pitch black. Really nobody's on the road. We get to the official parking spot, I don't know, 5, 5.15 or so. Hitchhike up the road, which, by the way, thank you for getting us in the car in less than 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. I'm like, all right, cool. I got a really handsome friend. This guy is going to get us in a car because <laughs> they're going to see my long hair and be like, I don't want no stinky hippies in my car. So That was fast, man. Yeah. It was, like, I didn't even have my pack on yet. I know, I man. Like, I know. Like, oh, cool. So appreciate you getting us hooked up and <laughs> so we hitchhiked up to the top we actually got in a car with a, a a cool couple of people local people which shocked me because i wasn't expecting that um and then we kind of just got started like shortly right after that you know we we warmed up at the highline trailhead we set our intention which by the way what was your intention find myself find myself i um yeah to really have a deeper understanding of like the direction of life that I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I kept. Um, every single time I wanted to stop. Yep. Which was a lot yep. on those, those climbs, which we'll talk about. <laughs> um, it just kept replaying in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that intention thing is important. And, and it's something that I've only recently started doing like intentionally, like before I start, okay, what's my intention today on this run? I only started doing that like maybe two years ago, but um, it really has like made a difference when things like really start to suck mm-hmm. or like when I start like overthinking silly stuff. Cause like sometimes like I can, I can run and I can, I can go on complete autopilot and I can start thinking about the next thing or like what I have to do when I get home or my next project at the ranch or whatever. But then I realized like, wait a second, the ranch has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. What's my intention? Why am I overthinking this situation or that? What's my intention? And so like, it helps me to kind of like come back and recenter and refocus um, as to what the task at hand really is. Mm. Yep. <laughs> so setting the intention, man, super important. It worked. Yeah, good. Yeah. So take me through it. First, uh, let's say first two or three miles, we're running along the the cliffside. There's a 100-foot drop. It's maybe like a, I don't know, a five-foot-wide trail maybe. Maybe. Take me through like all those, those first couple miles. What was that like? So the first couple miles um... – Never running on a train like that, it was it. I think my body had a real quick wake up, like you're not a, you're not on a on a dirt gravel road. You are not we, safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're and not then, safe. And um, then <laughs> the tensing of the core, like making sure I'm braced and I'm staying upright. Yep. Uh, shifting weight that way so I don't fall down. Yeah. Um. But. It was quick because I was just so um, locked in on what we were doing. Yeah. And also looking at the scenery. Mm-hmm. So that first three miles was like fast. Yeah. Yeah, because we were averaging like 11-minute miles somewhere in there. 
um, according to my watch anyways. Yeah. So so they do go by pretty quick. And for the most part, those first few miles are downhill anyways. So, yeah. So that is also kind of helpful. Helps yeah. to get you warmed up and acclimated. And Yeah. Speaking of acclimated, how was the elevation in the beginning? It was different. Um, I didn't feel it as much as I thought it would. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because um, I've never been <laughs> anywhere that high. Uh, I thought that I would feel it a lot more like in my chest or like um, maybe in like my breathing, um, the clarity in my head. Yep. But um, I don't know. I think just being so overwhelmed with emotion and excitement, it didn't, I didn't notice a bother Yeah. as much um, as I did when we started climbing, <laughs> walking upward. Yeah. 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 Really. Like when you were like twenty eight percent inclined, I'm like, yeah, I feel it. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without, with also trying not to fall off a massive cliff, I got it. Yeah, um, I think that's when it really hit. So we get to that point where we're about to get up to our first climb, which is Grinnell Glacier Overlook, um, which is right off of the Highline Trail, and this is a a, I would say a mile long. A thousand feet of incline. We hit thirty-one percent incline steady for probably like that, that second or third quarter mile, and so it was pretty. It was pretty significant, and it was just holding steady that whole time. Um, from like a physical and cardiovascular standpoint, how how was your body doing? Ooh, terrible. Um, <laughs> no hesitation. I have terrible. I have to be. I have to be honest. <laughs> I like never doing anything like that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the constant, the, the the climb, and then at that point we've already gone. Was it six point eight? Six point eight. Yeah, six point eight miles. Um. You know, I just unless you're out there doing it, I just don't think there's any way to really replicate. Yeah. That feeling. Um. But it was weird. It was like. My legs didn't hurt, but like we said, like my hips, my lower back started being like, "What you doing? You bet. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? This isn't Go back to flat." <laughs> I thought we were powerlifters. Yeah, I know. Why yeah. are we out here in the mountains? <laughs> what, what, Why what, is there a huge cliff next to us? <laughs> <laughs> what if we fall off of it? <laughs> yeah, um, but even though it 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 felt like that, it was still. Like a beautiful feeling, yeah. Of, like I don't want to say accomplishment because we didn't accomplish it yet. Yeah. But um, that's kind of like what it felt like sure. to me while doing it. Like I'm here. Yeah. Well, I think there's exactly. I think there's some level of merit that has to be given for at least getting here because again, not everybody just comes to Montana, and if they do, they damn sure just don't go up and climb Grinnell Glacier Overlook. <laughs> They do the avalanche lakes. They drive the nice paved road. You know what I mean? They stay in the air-conditioned cars where it's safe and there's no bears and things that want to eat them. (laughs) So there is is something that needs to be said about actually just getting out here and and doing it. So, Yeah, the the pep talk prior when we were down, it was pitch black and you're like explaining to me, I'm like, the different tactics of the different animals on how they'll attack you. I'm just like, all right. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so man. This one's from the side. This is from the front. And yep. that guy's from behind. Yeah. And, and and that's actually worth mentioning because yeah. I think that, especially in Montana right now, there's been so many new people that have been coming here. Mm-hmm. And the majority of people don't know how to, to handle themselves in bear country, in predator country. Um, I think that like, there's this notion that it, that everything, everywhere is safe mm-hmm. just because say there's pavement or there's other people around or, you know, but, but the truth is, is that national parks are as wild as they were a thousand years ago. Yes, they may have paved roads, but at the same time, these animals still live here. Mm-hmm. And you have to know how to conduct yourself in the places that they live because, the f- fact of the matter is, is that you are not in control. Yeah. You are not the boss here. Nope. <laughs> y- you're an apex predator, yes, but 
they know this land much more than you do. And their hunting tactics, I can guarantee, are way better than yours. <laughs> so, Fair enough. So, yeah, you've, you've got to learn how to handle yourself. Because the way that uh, a bear thinks and uh, behaves is much different than, say, a mountain lion. Or a lynx. Or a bobcat. Or an elk. Or a moose. And at least having like a general idea of predator logic is really important. You know, For example, mountain lions. You know, I, I think I was telling you that check your six every hundred yards or so, because a mountain lion is never going to attack you from the front, mm-hmm. unless you obviously come across it on the trail. But a mountain lion is going to stalk you, and it's going to jump on your back, and it's going to rip your throat out. Yep. So, it's important. <laughs> it's important to know the basics. Yes. Yeah. So Grinnell Glacier Overlook, we got sidetracked. Um, <laughs> Give me your thoughts when you finally got to the top of that thousand foot climb and you're looking over upper Grinnell Lake, you're looking at Grinnell Glacier, like one of the the fastest declining glaciers in the park, seeing Mount Gould, seeing all of like that, that first big grand view, like, um, I don't know. What was that like? Lost in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, it was like I had the music still playing on my phone, and I knew that I wanted to turn it off, but I couldn't mm-hmm. stop looking to <laughs> Your brain turn. was trying to so process like, it. I just kind of pushed the music. I no longer heard it. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Um, it was unlike anything that you could ever show in a picture. Yeah. Basically, it was wild yeah it's a it's a pretty cool place up there there's you know again there's a lot of history there's a lot of um there's a lot of really cool special nooks and pockets in glacier park that have history attached to it whether it was a place where the blackfeet lived or where it was a place where the blackfeet found it to be sacred or there was just really cool history around um, even like the European or the white settlers that came through, but there's so much history in, in all of these different areas. And, you know, that's definitely one of them as well. Crazy. I'm just picturing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting up there and it was so weird. Like the different temperature, uh, noticeably temperature changes like mm-hmm. in weird pockets. Yep. It would go like really cold to like, really hot yep <laughs> to neutral to yeah to really cold i'm like hmm. interesting noticed yeah. yeah 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 so from then on we carried up to um one of the the last remaining backcountry chalets in glacier park which is called granite park chalet it was built by the great northern railway in 1914 and 1915 still stands today made out of complete stone that was found on the mountain on site, which is really cool. Um, and then we headed up to Swift Current Fire Lookout. Another dandy of a climb. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that I think that that's the one I think where it really started to settle in for you, right? Yes. So to to give a little bit of perspective on this, um, at this point in the run, we're I don't know eight miles in. We're at pretty much at the place where we're about to start heading uphill to go to the actual lookout. Yep. It was while we were in Swift Current Pass. Remember that? Uh, it's 1.2 miles, about a thousand, maybe 1,100 feet of vertical gain. Yep. What was it like? How were the legs? Was it more legs or was it more like like wind at that point for you? Like yeah, your breathing? Wind. It wasn't really. So, I think the powerlifting and just the the years of training really helped my legs. It sure. was never really my legs themselves that hurt. Um, at that point, it was the wind. Um, lower backs on fire. Um, <laughs> just from leaning forward. My ankles, like they're yeah. kind of like you know, what you doing? Yeah. Why are we doing this again? We just climbed. Yeah. Um. And it was that. It was that climb that 15, 20 times mm-hmm. my, you know, my, my, my body's trying to tell me to quit. Yep. 
and it's trying to overpower my mind and I would stop and um, what really got it was I would stop and I would take the second to look at the surrounding scenery Yep. and then say nope we're going to keep going Yep. There's no time to be no sissy here go there was a couple and, times where I looked back and I saw you like hunched over yeah 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 it was that was rough but when I got to the top man and I finally, like, I got up there and I, I sat down, laid down there for a second and sat up and, and saw. Yeah. All that struggle, yep. pain was just gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was gone. It was no longer felt it. Yeah. It's weird. That, that's also a really special place to me because it's, it's the highest fire lookout in Glacier Park. And because of that, um, the views up there are just incredible. I mean, you just have these 360-degree views of the park, and if you spend enough time up there and you start to get to know the peaks, you're up there, and you're like, oh, that's that's that peak. Oh, yeah, that's that's Mount Cleveland. Oh, that's Mount Gould over there. Oh, that's this and that. And, and it's like, oh, that's – you get a – you get a – like almost like a bird's-eye view on how massive the park really is. But you also get to realize, like, okay, that's where that part of the park is. Okay, so now I know my way around the park a little more. But it's just, like, a really cool place to get perspective on the area. Yeah. Because it it's just really so cool to see where we just climbed. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we were pointing that out, right? Yeah, and I was just like, you know, because <laughs> when you're over here and you see, you're like, oh, all right. Damn, I've been covering some ground today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Because we could, we could actually see that little notch that we sat, that we sat at yeah. when we were looking at Grinnell Glacier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it's crazy. Like we were just there a little over an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. The body's crazy. Yep. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, and what's funny, too, is like what we're out here struggling with, with our osprey packs and our electrolytes and our and our our goo gel packs that are like perfectly calibrated to keep our bodies in sync and we have all of this technology that we're wearing and carrying and taking videos with to document it all it's so funny because for however many hundreds of years before this people have been doing it with nothing <laughs> like I look at I look oh, at photos of <laughs> I look at photos of like George Bird Grinnell and uh and and some of the people that he was in the park with before it was even a park in mm -hmm. in the 1800s and there's photos of them standing and climbing and I look at what they're wearing and carrying and they're just out there in these like shitty old polyester trousers a long sleeve cotton shirt some slick bottom leather boots and they're climbing glaciers and they're charting the area and it's like it's just so funny to me to think about like man they just we got it so good yeah we do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> we got it so good yes. out here oh, anyhow man it's just it's incredible what what the natives and and what early european and white settlers did with with what they had they accomplished so much um but yeah it's incredible <laughs> so from there heading back downhill <clears throat> stop off and getting a quick bite to eat at granite park chalet because that's kind of like the hub for that area and at this point we're i don't know maybe like 12 or 13 miles in yeah something it's, like it's that about 13 that was like a really nice place to stop and refresh we got a gatorade or you got two Gatorades. I got two, man. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that they had Gatorades back in the 1800s when they were climbing these mountains. Nope. We had it good, man. So good. <laughs> so, so good. How are you feeling at that point? At that point, before the Gatorade and the cashews, uh -huh. wrecked. Just absolutely like... My body was just kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, drank the Gatorade, ate the cashews, minus the ones we gave the squirrels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, stood up and was just like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. I feel way better. So, yeah, no, they definitely didn't have that back then. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. So but was it just your body that was that was wrecked? Was it? 
mentally? Was it emotionally? Like what else, what else were you feeling? Um, emotionally sense of accomplishment. Um, but also understanding that the, the work wasn't done. Yeah. We Um, still had a few miles left. Yeah. Um, of course the body telling me, all right, we're done. Just walk the rest of the way. Let's get it done. But my mind saying, no, we're not going to do that. So I think you, yeah, you got real far ahead. And um, I ran. I overheard someone like say the miles on like what it was. And I think that was the longest I ran that time. Mm-hmm. And I ran all the way until that little area that just went from like the paths to just nothing but like crazy rocks and like and just understanding my body and how like like uh shaky it was at the time I was like all right let's slow down so we don't you know fall and yeah get hurt on the last right, right at the end right right so <clears throat> um just keep moving yeah it's kind of what i just kept telling myself yeah just keep going and uh that's what i did so so those last four miles for those that don't know is on this eastern facing slope which makes it really difficult to um to hide from the sun and the exposure because we're running through a a burn area you know an area that that was hit by a wildfire in 2003 so there really isn't any coverage at all and you're just kind of exposed it's hot You've got these like shoulder height bushes on either side, which creates this massive tropical humid environment and you're just running and it's dry. There's, there's like no water out there until we're actually done. It was like running through a sauna. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like for sure. Yeah. And it's always like that. It always has been. Anytime I come through that area, man, I just know it's like those last four miles. I got to grind. Yeah. Like I... (laughs) It's like the one part of of every run I do through that area where I never take my phone out to document because I like, I just got to get through this. (laughs) I don't want to talk. I don't want to smile. I don't want to be on camera. I just want to get this done. Yeah. (laughs) That was crazy. And then there's always that nice little reward at the end, you know, (laughs) right underneath the bridge in the water. It's like my favorite spot because like you just grinded your face off for 40 minutes coming down those last four miles and you don't even think twice you just go right into the water you know (laughs) i had someone that was standing on the bridge when i first got there and she's like wow you just got right in you didn't even think about it (laughs) and i didn't say it but in my head i'm like i've been thinking about it for 40 minutes okay like i've been (laughs) this has been on my mind for a while now (laughs) like i need to cool off oh yeah that was a that was a good call yeah man (laughs) It's a good time. A uh, really good time. Then finishing was just... It, it still didn't even hit me then. Yeah? When you were, when we were in the creek there? The, no, not in the creek. Like when we when we finally walked out and, like, boom, there was the parking lot. Oh, sure. And um, it still didn't really hit until you pointed and you were like, you did from there mm-hmm. to there to mm-hmm. there. And I'm just like... Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you covered some ground, man. You covered a lot of ground yesterday. Oh, I felt it. Yeah. I still kind of feel it. My feet are still like. Well, you also were wearing like <laughs> Reebok, Reebok training shoes. Training shoes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, they held up for like, well, once I got that, those, those rocks in there down my, my toes, that, yeah. was, that was pretty much when the shoes were like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine that those would do well in the Rocky Mountains over 18 miles. Nope, there's no way. <laughs> and there's so many different like little things too that, you know, that you could you could have optimized before the run, but for me to have to like go through every single one of those with you, mm-hmm. I think would have just put too much of a focus on what really doesn't matter. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I could have picked apart, been like, okay. Wrong socks. Okay, wrong shoes. Okay, wrong. But, like, who cares, man? It's yeah. your first time. You know what I mean? Like, and, go and, through those growing pains. And I and I, and I think, like, what you were kind of talking about was, like, yeah, I could have bought the best pair of shoes. 
Yeah. Could have bought, you know, the best of everything. Yeah. But at that point, am I really preparing for the experience or right. am I just trying to protect myself? Yeah. So I think I just wanted to make sure that I had what I needed yep. to accomplish the task at hand. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of comes back from like just weight training. Like people always think that you have to have the best of the, of everything. It's like, nah, you just need to, you need what you need to yep. get the, the job done. That's it. Right. So I think that was kind of the, the, where that, uh, came from. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes I think just going at it from like a really just raw standpoint, it's just, it's a better experience because you're not worried about gear. You're not fidgeting with your technology. You're just, you're in the moment, you know? Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Well then you, you know, you hooked me up with the pack and the spray and the knife and yeah, you know, all that. And I really appreciate that for sure. Cause I didn't even think about any of that, but until you were like, I'll ha- I have your pack and everything ready for you. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah that would have been i guess i need bear spray in a pack. yeah that's been a good idea huh <laughs> right <laughs> yeah oh man so all in all about 18 miles high line trail with grinnell glacier overlook with swift current mountain lookout swift current fire lookout excuse me back to granite park chalet down to the loop trail all in all, it took us uh, how many hours? When we actually start, six okay. a.m. Six-ish. I think we we got we done at two. Probably look back at a photo. We started. Let's see when we took a picture of the Pasque flower. Okay. We started at. Well, this photo was taken at six twelve. So yeah. Probably around six twenty. Yep. Yep. And our yep, so roughly about eight hours of the lake was one forty three. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so good day overall, man. Really good day. Um, biggest takeaway from your experience in Glacier Park through the mountains. Uh, appreciation for a bigger appreciation for um, the little things and in, in the moment. Like what? Um not needing so much yep to be happy and um feeling fulfilled i guess like just spending the time you know doing the deck with you and just you know staining the deck you mean staining the deck yeah yeah and, and talking and just just being out here and i don't know um it it kind of gave me a, a bigger appreciation for even just where i live and, like, I can't wait to go back with, like, a fresh mind, um, you know, because I've always been that type of person. And, uh, you know, it, it comes from, like, how I grew up and doing everything myself. It's like I've always wanted to just 100% it all, I guess. And uh, you don't have to, you know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of a different emotions that I think I'll be able to – that's going to break down and process over the next week or so. I think, yeah, I think as you're getting on the plane and heading back, maybe that'll give us some time to, to like really decompress from it all. Yeah. I think Montana is good at that. It's good at helping you to kind of like recalibrate as to what's most important here mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you could, you could come out here in Montana and quickly realize that this is so much different than living in the city. Oh. You don't have, you don't have the amenities of the city. It's not as modern. It isn't as up to speed as the rest of the world is mm-hmm. um and, and i think that that's a that's what makes it great i agree like that's what makes it so unique and and the people that live here appreciate that way of life and and i think that those who aren't from here that come to visit kind of realize that it's okay to not have i don't yeah. know i'm generalizing but it's okay to not have a starbucks on every corner <laughs> or 5g wherever you go like you don't need those things to live a really cool happy adventurous wonderful life agreed and i think that's i think that's kind of where i was getting at was you know back home you like why don't i have this why like why is my service so bad right Right. Well, even even like with uh, with people, I remember you saying when they were driving, you know, everyone just drives slow. Everybody's (laughs) I mean, dude, the speed limit can be 70 miles an hour and you're you know, everyone's going 80, but you still got the people that'll 
come up on your ass at a hundred. Yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. mad because you're in the way. It's like, what are you do? <laughs> like you're not gonna get to that. I mean, yeah, you may get to that red light quicker. Yeah, right. You're still gonna hit the red light. Right, like, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it to the same place <laughs> right. you do. We're probably gonna be standing right next to each other at the same light. <laughs> yeah, and uh, here it was real weird driving, and it's like, like everyone's just kind of like. Yep. Going. Yep. <laughs> just, I don't know. I set my cruise at like 60, 65 on the highways, you know, and I'll just let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not in a hurry, man. If you want to go around, be my guest. Yeah. Be my guest. That's great. That's, that is so true. Well, I appreciate you coming out to Montana, man. I appreciate you spending time with me out here and Helping me stain my deck, getting another <laughs> one of these projects off my list. Yeah, that was very random. Yeah, it looks it. awesome. <laughs> Appreciate the help with that. And, uh, you know, I just, just want to acknowledge you for taking time out of your life to come and experience Glacier Park with me. You know, coming up and training like you did for six weeks and um, committing to that process and then getting out in the mountains and, like, really putting in the work. I thought you did a really good job, and I'm glad that we got to share the day together. Thank you. Yeah, and, I, and, and, you know, I really appreciate the hospitality. You know, you didn't have to do half of what you've done yeah. for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. You yeah. bet. It's different in Montana, man. People are a lot nicer, <laughs> like you said. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, uh, no. Final yeah. question. What's up? Going back to your intention, um, which was to find yourself, mm-hmm. what did you find? Uh, meaning and purpose, um, in the life, like in the direction of my life that I wanted to go. And, um, you know, we briefly talked about it. Um, I don't know if it was before or after, but just kind of like, like what I want to be and do in life would have been before. Um, just understanding, like, I'm always on go, 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 go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to be like that. I, um, I want to be there more in the moment, like with my son, my wife, um, and help her with her passion because helping others brings me joy. And, you know, when you help, you know, I'm helping her, which helps me. And, um, yeah, I just to change my outlook yeah. on like what's needed. Yep. Um, in life. Yep. And well, then execute it. You know. Yeah, I do. But you got a long flight back home, man. So <laughs> maybe you'll be able to take some notes on the flight and has as to how you're going to apply it. Yeah. That's true. All right, on man. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out with me and recording this. And yeah, just appreciate you so much, man. Yes, brother. Yeah. Thank you right on well i just wanted to say thank you for everybody that took time to listen today and for those that have sent this podcast off to friends and family um and i just ask that you know if this episode spoke to you in any way that uh maybe that you continue to do the same pass it off and if you like the podcast and this is your first time here um i would just encourage you to stick around follow the podcast we release them every monday and uh yeah just appreciate you for being here Rastafari.